When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Deep Cuts, Lost and Found. This is round number 30. We are looking at the year 1997. I'm here with my very best friends from Needham High School. I'm here with Derek Brain, Bill Federko, Rich Ayer, Chris Nashwadi, myself, Thomas Golovich. The year again that we're looking at is 1997, and we're coming up with our favorite Deep Cuts, Overlook songs, and sharing them with you. Welcome to the show. So again, this is Deep Cuts, Lost and Found. Uh, 1997 is the year that we're looking at. Uh, who is doing history this week? That would be me. Billy Federko, why don't you tell us a little bit about what was happening in 1997? We're talking about a quarter century ago. Amazing. 25 years. Very, very old. Uh, well, the most important event of 1997, I think, was the release of The Goat. OK Computer, a monster record, um, surpassing even the Benz. Sorry, Derek. I know that offends him, but no, it does. <laughs> it does. but I think in breadth and in depth, I think it's the the better record. Uh, you know, it redefined the music scene. Um, it was harder in some ways. It was uh, more odd, more electronic, but also it had this weird, you know, unique blend of analog sounds as well. Very futuristic, dystopian, uh, ambitious, and beautiful, and surpassed only by U2's pop. Oh, no, I know, Alf. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just want to start a little controversy. You were on a roll until that. Yeah, happens. yeah. All right. I'll, I'll I'll jump to some of the uh, the more popular releases in 1997. Mbop by the uh, ah, Tween Heartthrob Brothers, known as Hanson. Uh, also, uh, I think Garth Brooks was big in the charts and Spice Girls. But uh, from our perspective, there were a lot of great releases. I think 97 was a really deep year. We had Daft Punk, Elliot Smith, The Verve, Spiritualized, Bjork. Don't Blur. give it away, man. All right. Okay. All right. I'll stop. Uh, it's also notable for uh, Rich's favorite festival, the Lilith Fair. Began yes. In 97. Uh, for... How could I forget? <laughs> yeah, See, you, that... try to, you, you try to use that as a burn, but he's like, no, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, in sad news, uh, Jeff Buckley died in 1997. Um, but uh, moving on to uh, happier things, uh, Harry Potter. First book came out, Philosopher's Stone. It was uh, very hard. She shopped it around to a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, publishers, and only one, Bloomsbury, accepted it and gave her a small advance. And they published five hundred copies. Uh, obviously, it got kind of popular after that. Sold, I don't know, millions and millions. Uh, Princess Die unfortunately died in a car crash. Titanic was big in the movies. Um, obviously, that was huge. 
Also, uh, Lost World, Jurassic Park, Men in Black. I think those are the biggest films of the year. Sexiest Man Alive, everyone remember, was George Clooney, mm-hmm. who also uh, starred in the great film Batman and Robin. Oof. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was the nipples, right? Yes, the, the nipple suit. Uh, the Full Monty was a sensation in 1997. Uh, I don't know how that holds up. I haven't watched that. My, my mom loved it. I think all really? moms okay. loved it. <laughs> I forget your mom's it thumbs up. Seemed like a Needham high Needham theater kind of uh, staple. Yes. yes, it was a it was a charming you know mom friendly movie about frontal full frontal male <laughs> male nudity. Put that on the box. <laughs> In cold uh, weather, right? right. <laughs> uh, and the sensation of Austin Powers also was 1997. Yeah, yeah baby. Um, Millie Vanilli. Uh, the pop duo act from Munich, unfortunately, um, uh, was busted uh, at, and was in the debut of the Behind the Music. They were from so, Munich? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Germans. Yeah. Germans, exactly. Um, they, they got were, a raw deal, man. I was about to say that. I think they, they got a raw deal. I mean, all they did is lip sync. I mean, can, is that so wrong? Yeah, that's so wrong. Considering the crimes of some of the other pop stars in our lives, I think that's relatively minor. Uh, and they were the subject of the first Behind the Music on VH1, which debuted in 97. Uh, some other fun facts. Google was registered as a domain name for the first time in 1997. Uh, it was the debut of the Teletubbies, including Tinky, Winky, Dipsy, Lala, and Poe, my favorite. Uh, the Tamaguchi virtual pets were a thing. Remember this? You had to, like, oh, yeah. Feed, uh, feed you your little... Yeah. Okay, exactly. Uh, and in the boring world of politics, Clinton was president, Tony Blair was prime minister. Uh, and that's, you know, that, that gives us a little context for 1997 and the year we're about to discuss. So uh, let's dive right in. Not bad. Not bad. I, I haven't started for a while. So why don't I, I lead it off? Oh, okay. On oh, it off. Lead Mr. Off. Mr. Aggressive. Yeah. There you Alpha. Go. Step like back, it. boys. Make some space. Like That'd be it. good. Better be good with that sort of assertive move. Well, 97 was a big year for me because it was the first year that I hosted a show uh, at KCRW, which is a radio station oh, yeah. here in Los Angeles. And I was listening to a ton of music. And I think the pick that I want to start sort of broaches the divide between the music that I used to listen to a lot and the music that was sort of more about the music of my past and now music towards the future. So I'm going to open it up with a remix by the band Kruder and Dorfmeister, a duo out of Vienna. Uh, doing uh, Depeche Mode, and it's a song called Useless. Echoing Echoing in my Thank you. 
So one of the things I really liked about um, this particular project was, uh, you know, um, Depeche Mode had a very interesting producer come on board for their album Ultra. It was Tim Simonon, who had done uh, a lot of work on a band called Belm the Bass, and he'd been a UK-based DJ, and he did a lot of curating of music, of the remixes of this record, and the lineup that he had for this single, which was essentially a, a single of uh, Home and Useless. This was a remix of the song Useless. He had an amazing lineup, just very intuitive for the year, including Krudendorf Meister, I just mentioned, Duo Out of Vienna. Uh, Grant B was on here. I think I played a Grant B song in a previous mm -hmm. uh, thing. LFO was included. CJ Boland, who was sort of a more of a, a drum and bass, electro kind of a, a producer. Just a very progressive, forward-thinking group of people to kind of do these remixes. And this particular single just came out, and I was really just really impressed. And uh, this song was later on a uh, K&D sessions, which was a mix, a DJ mix compilation that uh, Kruder Dorfmeister did, which I listened to a lot when I was at KCRW. So it was just a nice way of kind of feeling the, the, the step towards a new sound and a new sense of down-tempo electronic music. I remember tuning into your show. I'd have to wake up at ungodly hours to listen to it. <laughs> That's but. true. Although it was easier for you than the local LA audience because it was 2 a.m. to 5, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back then you could listen to it on the internet? Yes. Very, oh, wow. very, very primitive internet. I had a computer with dial-up. You know, I don't, to you know, I don't, I don't love Kruder and Dorfmeister, but I do like this, the sound of their name and it, how they sound like a spin-off <laughs> spin of like the Beider Monhof gang. Okay. <laughs> they feel like think, German terrorists in the Mannheim Zen. steamroller. I believe yeah, they that, appeared that, on an episode of Sprockets. Yeah, they could have. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, I love no, that song, Useless, though. I mean, that's a great Depeche yeah. Mode song from Ultra. Great. Yeah. So best of both worlds. Yeah. So that was my version of a pick. So. Uh, nice. Billy, I think you're up next. What would you like to All right. share? With well, I kind of, I screwed the pooch on this year because I was all set to go with my song. And, uh, until a few hours ago, I realized it was released in 96. Oh no. Ooh. Oh man. DQ. So I, I was going to play Aphex Twins girl boy song, which I think is a great song that it has. Well, both. that would have been useful information last week, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So if you guys will indulge me, I'm going to play a song that's was was a single. I don't even know if you guys know it particularly, but it's by James, and the song is Tomorrow. If you guys think it was popular or something, I'm, I won't play it, but uh, I don't think it really was. At least I don't think too many people know it. Um, this record went kind of under the radar. It's a good record. Yeah, I, know, I remember yeah, this record, but it kind of went under yeah, the radar. It's, it's Whiplash is the record from 97. Yeah. And um, it's a song that for me is just very rousing. It's uplifting. It's a hopeful song. Um, in researching it, I never knew this before, but um, apparently uh, Tim Booth wrote it after convincing a friend not to jump off a roof. Um, I think it's, you know, the lyrics I think are fantastic. Uh, it's got a great energy. It's uplifting. It's a song. If you're searching for hope, this is the song for you. Um, and I hope it uplifts you guys. I, I love this song. I hope you do too. It's called Tomorrow by James. Deep Cuts Lost and Found, 1997 is the year. Yeah. 
It is certainly a very anthemic song. These guys yeah, know how to Yeah, no, that's very rousing. You're right. Rousing it is. is the word. It, it's one of my most favorite uplifting anthems that I can think of. It's got that great line, now your grip's too strong, can't catch love with a net or a gun. Gotta keep faith that your path will change. Gotta keep faith that your love will change tomorrow. Uh, these yeah. guys are a bit of a blind spot for me. Are these the guys who had like uh, a cover one of their records? They're all Laid. wearing dresses or something like that. Yes. Is that okay? Laid. Right. Laid. I almost picked something. Was it a couple of years ago? There was an album two years, what, 95, 94, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah. Laid. What were we going to choose? I don't know. Can't remember. Okay. Something cooler laid. than what you chose because yeah. it was probably it was into two years earlier. A little more, a little yeah. more obscure from their earlier stuff deeper, before they deeper were cut. <laughs> well, Rich, here, here's your opportunity to to one up them. It's your spot. What would you like to uh, take us? Nineteen ninety-seven. Well, okay. I had to meditate on ninety-seven a little bit and figure out where I was, what I was doing, as usual. I have to do that. Can I take a so, geographic guess? You can try. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> Surprise us. I will. Uh, I'm not going to pick something from the Northwest for the first pick, but you had Wishika on your bingo card. Your ass I, was, I, was, I think I was not listening to a bunch of music in 97, but there were certain CDs in the uh, CD disc changer that I do remember we had. And I'm going to pick some songs tonight that were in heavy rotation. Uh, I was shacked up with my now wife at the time in 97 we moved to idaho into the mountains um and i was at this party out in we had to take snowmobiles out to this cabin there was a fire pit sort of what i remember piles of snow and then someone put on this album i hadn't listened to dylan in quite a long time since college someone put this album on the time out of mind album and uh, i was pleasantly surprised let's say but uh, so I picked the the first song from the album. It's uh, produced by I think it's the YouTube producer Daniel uh, Lanois. Daniel Lanois. Lanois. Yeah, and he did a couple of Dylan yeah. records uh, at the request or recommendation of Bono. But uh, this is from Time Out of Mind. Uh, I picked Love Sick and uh, take it away, Tommy. It's Deep Cuts, nineteen ninety seven. I'm walking through the streets that are dead. Walking, walking with you in my head. My feet are so tired. My brain is so wide And the clouds are weeping Did I Hear someone tell a lie I spoke like a child 
Daniel Lanois influences artists and how it almost feels like every record that Daniel Lanois produces with someone is a true collaboration. And a lot of times it's kind of like a recovery record. It's kind of like a band gets their bearings again, you know, and makes a real record that feels genuine. I don't know why any artist who works with Daniel Lanois would ever make an album without him ever again, because he shows them <laughs> in their best light. Right. That's a good point. That's a good. Point. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't know. I'm thinking like, um, Willie Nelson's Teatro yes. is like a perfect oh. example. It's just like, wow, you've never sounded this good ever. Emmylou Harris, Wrecking Ball. Do... Yeah, yeah, uh, Wrecking Ball. I mean, it's just, he's just so, he really does make you rethink artists that you think you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah although, uh, yeah, although Dylan, ever the iconoclast, I think this is the last time he didn't self produce a record. Yeah. Uh, as was this one. <laughs> I think after this, he was like, no. Is that right? Myself. Yeah, oh, that's good. Well, ah, according to the internet. I mean, maybe, yeah. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah, I get I gave the couple albums before this just to pass. And then I heard that it'd been a few years and just hearing this, it was a revelation. Like, wow. Yeah, this was he, like a big this yeah, was, was definitely cool. like a big moment. It was him. the comeback yeah. record. Yeah, it was like definitely a comeback record. Like I mean I think his last record was actually pretty good. I don't know how he does it, but yeah, Still that last it. one, the J with the JFK song. Was yeah. yeah. <laughs> was that 15 minutes long and it's good? <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Daniel Lemwell has a new record right now, which is really beautiful. All right. So, yeah, he he's just, uh, I mean, he's one of my favorite producers. Peter Gabriel, best work Peter Gabriel did was with Daniel Lemwell. You know, it's just like, it's just an amazing string which of successes. Which record did he do with Peter? So, so. So is Lemwell? So is Lemwell. Mm-hmm. And it's, we should do it's a producer-themed show one day. Yeah. I think hey, that's a good I'm, idea, actually. Great making idea. a note. Yeah, that's a good one. Great. Chris, you're up next. Okay. Um, I had a really tough time with this year. I did not expect it until I went back and looked at the albums that came out in 97. But I, like, I didn't have a heart, you know, like 96, I felt it was a little thin. 95, I felt it was a little thin. And so I expected 97 to be thin. And I went in and I looked and I was like, holy shit, how am I going to pick, you know, two songs plus a bonus song? I, it was, it's going to be really hard. I still don't know how I'm going to narrow it down. But the first one I'm going to go with is um, a song by Bjork. Um, from the homogenic album, which I love. Um, uh, it's the actually the first track of the album called Hunter. And uh, it's terrific. So hit it. Great choice. Mm-hmm. 
What an incredible streak of records Bjork put out in this time period. Like, I think it was 89 was the Sugar Cubes record, and then her debut, I want to say it's a couple years later, like 91, 92. Yeah. And to me, it's just one of the greatest streaks of creative output of an artist. It's I such would have expected I would have expected this from Tom, but not so much from Nash. Well, I got to say, I think, um, I mean, I really like, I mean, I love her voice, but uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's something really uh dark and beautiful about this record it's it's um you know the way it mixes electric beats and 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 electronic beats and and strings yeah and of course like her voice it's it's in a way it sort of reminds me of the other 1997 album okay computer because it feels mm -hmm. very millennial you know what i mean yeah. it does like yep. 1997 we're getting there you know what i mean like the future right. looks a little weird you know mm -hmm. and i think both of those records sort of have that vibe like a very yeah. millennial vibe um, yeah. so i like it yeah it's like anxiety is a key ingredient in the music mm -hmm. creation process in both of those yeah. albums you know anxiety influenced by you know just the overwhelming presence of technology and how that's impacting our our lives and how we communicate with each other we yeah, all thought that. y2k Both. was gonna end the world yeah that's right <laughs> it's funny to laugh at now but you know, we as we're all freaked out as we're moving up to 2000, it is really interesting and in getting a sense of the flavor of the kind of albums that we were responding to. But also, what was the zeitgeist, the time period? Right. And I think that this we're capturing a zeitgeist in many ways with this show. There's a sense of unease. There's a sense of menace kind of. It's in what we things. do. Well, capture the zeitgeist. Derek, you're up next. You get to close out the first round. Are you on? Yeah, the... we captured the zeitgeist <laughs> 20 years ago. I know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I do. I kind of have two vastly different. I go back and yeah. I capture it. I do have vastly different picks in the respect that I think I'll go with the one that's sort of continuing this feel of, I don't know, like a like a sleepy kind of hazy, a little creepy feeling. Um, <laughs> it's the a kind of sadness that um, and disconnection that uh, that makes me feel good. Um, <laughs> Aren't we but, weird uh, that way? <laughs> yeah, but no, it's a song from a, a you know band called Acetone that um, you know really didn't get uh, known too much. They had incredible record in 2000 called york boulevard but uh that's not really that available i don't know they're california bands uh, a three-piece you know really kind of country sort of psychedelic but i don't know they're kind of one of these bands where they kind of almost force you to lean in a little bit and listen um a little more than you might normally but i don't know but they're also just kind of have this beautiful laziness to what they do that i really like and uh, this is a song from their self-titled record that came out in uh, this year. And it's a song called uh, All the Time by Acetone.
so wonderfully drifty. Very kind of meandery and seductive and drunk and maybe lazy. I guess that's an interesting word for it. I yeah, like, no, I, I like the guitar line a lot. Yeah, they use a lot of you know, he's definitely got a little little work in that um you know, work in that whammy bar a little bit on those on that guitar. <laughs> that was all that was all the time? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of feels lazy in a in a nice way. I like it. In a good way. I like it. Laconic. And you're right. That York Boulevard album is tremendous. Uh, I didn't. Not, I don't know this one as well, but York Boulevard is just a a great record. It's not yeah. on Spotify though. I don't think. No, it's not. It's definitely not. So what is available? Uh, just this compilation, like compilation? record. Yeah, yeah, it's a compilation record. That's you know that's the only thing that's on there. It has a few things from York Boulevard, but not the good ones. And um, <laughs> a few things from this record. And I think they had a record called Cindy. I think before. That was before this record, um, hmm. but I don't know if there's anything from that one on that. But yeah, in the age of Spotify, bands like Acetone, I think, are going to get lost, you know, because oh, yeah. it takes a long time to kind of get into the groove on a record like this and a band like this. And it, in a weird way, this sort of singles quick movement thing is really like they're the kind of bands that I think really suffer from it. And it's not surprising that their records are hard to find on Spotify. It's a shame. So anyway, validation for what we're doing. Um, That's right. We're well, here to rectify that, I think, as Nash once said. Yes. And to pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing yeoman's work. <laughs> well, I'm going to play something which I have a feeling nobody's going to really like, but I kind of feel like I want to play. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. Classic yeah. Tom. Did I fart? Was it me? I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Tom. Well, I felt I felt like uh, one. Is of it the, from a Viennese duo? No, no, no. It's actually from a it's from a Brazilian um, oh, a drum and bass artist. <laughs> uh, yes. So ninety seven for me. Ninety seven for me was was a big deal because I really embraced drum and bass music in a way that I hadn't before. And drum and bass is a hard bit of music to kind of get other people into. It's the BPMs are super fast. It's between like one sixty and one eighty five. Um, the rhythm of it is super, it's a very fidgety kind of music. Um, when you DJ out drum and bass, which I did quite a bit in 97, it really brings out like really good dancers out because it's hard to dance. It's hard to figure out what you're landing on. It's not like the, you know, the twos and the fours like you get with disco. And so you really kind of bring out these very interesting dancers who make very interesting moves. And it has, uh, I think it's also really good for writing. So like I found myself writing a lot this year simply because there was a velocity that came with the music that really excited me. There were a few different drum and bass artists that came out in this time period. Uh, Ronnie Sizen Represent had a big record that year. Uh, DJ Crush, uh, DJ Die, and, and Sub, they were all doing really interesting drum and bass work. Again, it was a very fringe dance music genre that never really became big. And by the time you got to 2000, it kind of petered out. So there wasn't a whole lot left. I think it, it kind of cornered itself. But there was an artist named Amon Tobin, who was uh, born in Rio. Um, he's like a mix of Irish and Brazilian. He grew up all over the world, ended up in Brighton in the UK, where he started to produce music. And uh, he first released an album as an artist named Cujo, and then later signed a Ninja Tune. And the song that I'm going to play is a song from his uh, album Bricolage, which to me was just a really kind of a, a shockingly exciting and interesting record for its time period. So I will play Chomp Samba from Amon Tobin. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
I will torture you guys no more. <laughs> but uh, that wasn't torture. I just don't know how the fuck you dance to it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'd like something a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, some of it really reminds me of you know where I live in Somerville, Massachusetts. We have a really large Brazilian population uh, in our city, and invariably there are these Brazilian street bands uh, at certain you know street fairs and such. You know, just a whole bunch of. Uh, folks with a whole bunch of drums and a lot no of one can play the drums that fast. And it pretty much sounds like no well, human, sounds, right? Can they? Well, if there's enough of you, you can kind of replicate <laughs> something that sounds sounds that fast. One person's playing one rhythm and one person's oh, playing another. Okay. But All right. um, it really reminded me of those, you know, those, of those carnival. Of these, yeah. yeah, sort of a carnival kind of feeling in these these uh, you know Brazilian street bands that that have seen some of these events around the city. They have a thing called samba schools, which is in, in Brazil. And, and when I went, it's kind of like preparing for carnival. carnival. And carnival. it's kind of incredible because you do have these massive numbers of drummers and they're all really good. And you find ways that they play off of one another. And it does create this just incredibly intense, overpowering, pummeling feel. Yeah. yeah. And to me, like what drum and bass did a lot was it just got you into this state of almost it's hard to describe it's like a type of electricity that's it's a type of drug you know it's almost like hard to describe until you have it like i've never done crystal meth before but i imagine that's kind of what it must feel like the sense of well we being... need to well but first of all we need to take care of that yes <laughs> <laughs> on the next show on the next show yeah. tell me crystal we gotta get tom into all a techno right. trance with a little crank yeah. that's true that's <laughs> true it's gotta be the good stuff the, yeah. the blue. <laughs> well, I think I've exposed a little bit more about myself uh, than I wanted to. Uh, yeah, that's okay. No, it's good. Oh, no, no. This choice, it's, it's all, all about sharing, Tom. All right. On that note, with us. Sharing is caring. Billy Federico, you get to take the next spot. Where do you want to take us? Okay. With my second pick, I will answer the question, what would New Order sound like if they had a lovely French female singer instead of Ooh. Bernard Sumner? Not, not that there's anything wrong with Bernard Sumner, but he often tries to sing, you know, a little bit beyond his range. <laughs> You have my uh, attention. Okay. <laughs> he uh, was the backup singer, really. So. I know. I know. Uh, but imagine he continued playing guitar in the band. Okay. Uh, the, so the band is Ivy, and uh, the song is The Best Thing, which is from their second record, Apartment Life. And Ivy, and you guys may already know this, but Ivy is Andy Chase, Domaine Durand, who's the female singer, and uh, the late Adam Schlesinger, who is most famous from uh, Fountains of Wayne. From what I understand, Ivy actually kind of got together before Fountains of Wayne. Andy Chase was dating Dominique Durand. I think they're married now. And he put out an ad in the newspaper asking for like, you know, well, I want to start a band. I'm looking for people who are fans of uh, Prefab Sprout and the Go-Between. Adam apparently came to his door in New York and he brought along Chris Collinswood, the guy who ultimately became the singer of Fountains of Wayne. He said, well, Chris really would like to sing in the band. And they're like, oh, no, that's not going to work. Dominique was hiding, I guess, in the back. He, she never even came out, but Adam's like, I really want her to sing. So he like, they ended the conversation. It didn't happen right away, but eventually they did get together. They started a band. Adam Schlesinger obviously became huge with Fountains of Wayne and writing songs like uh, That Thing You Do. And I think he even won an Academy Award. But this song, I don't know why it didn't become huge because it's catchy as fuck. Uh, it's called The Best Thing and it's Ivy. So let it rip. Deep cuts.
super catchy. Super catchy. Right? I, I like, like that. I like it. Yeah. It. Yeah. Apparently, they lived across from each other for a long time after this. In other words, Adam Schlesinger and his wife and kids, and then uh, Andy and and Dominique lived when they grew up their kids. And then when Adam died, they made a nice little, they had a collection of home videos that they put together. And I watched it today just about about what he was like. And uh, it, was, it was touching. Uh, really nice. And I guess Lloyd Cole lived on the same street too, which is really weird. Jesus oh, Christ. Who could, I know. I'd like it's, to go to their block party. I know, <laughs> really. It's, it's funny you picked this song because I was, I was going to play a song, another song from this record uh, for our driving show. There's a song called um, uh, Get Out of the City is oh, a yeah. Yeah. Um, song in this record that kind of, you know, was about getting in, getting in a car and, right. and getting out of the city. And yeah. um, so I kind of been was listening to this record a little bit, you know, a few I, weeks ago. This is probably my favorite. This was their second record, but they have, uh, gosh, I don't know, five, six, something like that. Yeah, really it's good, good stuff. I like them. Rich, you're up next. We want to take us. All right. I'm taking us to the Northwest. Have to ah! do it. Have to. Knew it. Um, Who'd have thought? I, I was, know. Who'd have thunk it? I was thinking of a Death Cab song. There was a demo released this year, but that's Bellingham. That's a long way away from Seattle. Ah, this is this is this is a band shock. I've actually uh, played before, shockingly, uh, yeah. a few shows ago. This is a Stone Gossard side project called Brad uh, with Sean Smith on vocals with his uh, a, a sweet voice, I think. Rip. He died a few years ago, but. This album was definitely in our heavy rotation CD changer at the time in 97 when it came out. Uh, the album is Interiors, and the, the band is called Brad. The song is called Secret Girl. It is the first song. I guess I'm sticking with a the theme. Got a theme going. First song is on the album. I really, really love this album, and I'd love to share it with you. So take it away, Tommy. Secret Girl from Brad.
gets a repeat play on deep cuts back to brad two deservedly so there you go and this is not from seattle this is from seattle oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, this of course seattle. it's from seattle yeah. so you ventured to the edge of seattle though yeah uh, this is pretty much seattle <laughs> Hard. no I, yeah. I think he was saying another band was from the uh was, yeah, no, i was telling this Del- is not Del- Bellingham. Death Cab, Death Cab uh, is from Bellingham. Somebody out there is mapping uh, the neighborhoods that uh, Rich's <laughs> right, exactly. fans are out from with little red pins on them. Rich has a hundred mile radius that he likes to work with. <laughs> Screaming Trees are from Ellensburg. That's oh, the sure, east sure. side of the mountains. It's a long way from <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, you get to uh, take us into a more international direction if you feel like it. I actually am going to take you in an international get direction. Get out. Yes. Ooh. Tom, something from my mind. Something from Peru. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go Peruvian. South on you. of south of the border. Do you want to do like 20 questions here, or do you want me to sort of do my spiel? <laughs> Am I getting warmer? <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, we're going to go to Scotland on this one. Ah, um, nice. Scots. Finley Kwai, Uh really put out. It was his first record. He put it out in 1997, called Maverick A Strike and or maverick a strike i don't know which one but um it's a terrific record um and tom you turned me on to it uh i played a song from him on an earlier show i was trying yeah, to figure what, out what, what show was it that been. It, i don't know uh i, I think it it's from the same brassy it might have been the brassy show oh, okay yeah yeah and i think it i think it was from the so. same record if i remember correctly it is from the same it was from the same record but it's a different song and um chris play the rest of the record next week yeah, I, I will. And Rich will play more Brad. Um, and you'll play someone else on, on the Ivy People's Block. Um, we all have our lanes. We, we definitely do. Uh, so anyhow, this song is called Sunday Shining, and it's a great song. I love it. Uh, production's amazing. His voice is great. And it's a, sort of a loose interpretation of a Bob Marley song, but you got to squint a little to find it. So, Tom, take it away. Come on. 
I love that you pulled this record out. Uh, uh, this is a record that people have snoozed on. It's such an amazing record. I I've never heard anyone bring up Finley Quay except for you and me. I'm so happy. Name of the record it. is Maverick A again? Strike. Okay. Is this where people should start if they oh, want to yeah. get into Finley Quay? No, I love yes. that song. Yeah, it's great, right? It's a great tune. What does that guitar part remind me of? It reminds me of something so much, but it's driving me. It's crazy. super hooky. Super hooky. Yeah. Yeah, he's an interesting cat. He's from Scotland, as you mentioned. He's the son of like a a, a sort of vaudeville pianist. Um, and he's like I think half African, half white. He's just a very interesting, very English kind of a, or I should say, UK type of mix of identities and cultures and music. And I remember when this record came out, and it was just like such a great record, and everyone just kind of waited for like what was going to happen next, and nothing really did. And like it just, yeah, it just kind of came and went, which is such a shame. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a handful of really like just really indelible songs on it, like you know five or six really like straight A songs on it. So yeah, no, definitely worth checking out. Nice Dig pick, it. nice mm. pick, Derek. You get to close out 1997. How would you like to close it out? Uh, I'm gonna keep it uh, keep it peppy. Um, this is uh, the band Supergrass. Nice. I like Supergrass. Uh, they're fun. That you, um, you do, Panama Red. Uh, yeah, I and I, I think they're great musicians. Um, you know, it was tough not choosing something from their uh, '95 record. I should Coco, but this is from their um, their record in it for the money. And uh, I, I just I just think they're such great musicians. I'd seen them live a bunch of times. The drummer just has like this incredibly large, long body, and he sits at the drums, and like his legs are so long they're almost up at his ears somehow. And he had these like giant monitors like next to him when they played. Like it, it looked like a it looked like something like it was a, from a, a comic book or something. So he had these giant amplifiers like on either side of his head, and his you know and he's playing the drums. I'd never seen a I've never seen a drummer who had monitors like that. I don't know why he had that, whether he played so loud that he needed them or I don't know. But every time I've seen them, they're just a great band. This is a classic um, Supergrass song called Sun Hits the Sky from uh, the record In It For The Money. Deep cuts.
you got a total cosign for me on this one too man supergrass are so unbelievably fun to see live and every record is just kind of a joy like you know not every record is as strong as every other record but there's always two or three songs that are just joyously perfect supergrass and when, when they nail it they nail it in a big way such a oh, fan sure. such a fan yeah i'm big in the, into that one good times very nice very nice well, let's switch over to uh, further listening. I'm assuming everybody here has got some suggestions for 1997 other albums that you think are worthy of exploration. Uh, let's start with uh, Derek. Do you have a thought of uh, what you think would be a good recommended for further listening? Yeah, I, this is like one of these records that I, I, I feel like I bought it somewhere and I bought it because of the way the album looked and because of how mysterious it was. It was like... You know, and also because it's probably one of these places where there's a certain kind of record store where like they have something displayed in a certain spot. You kind of like, I think I can trust the curation of this record store. But um, <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, a record by uh, a band called Ariel M, which is really just um, David Pajo from um, Slint and Tortoise and a bunch of other things. And uh, he also did a music under the name Papa M too. But uh, it's just this really beautiful record it's all instrumental but yeah it all comes in this package it just has this like weird photograph of like a flood in some midwestern town you know in the 40s or something on the cover and nothing there's no other information in the record uh you know it's just a blank sleeve and and a blank record but it's um and it's this really kind of quiet instrumental sleepy record that i i, I put on sometimes and i always enjoy hearing it so it's uh the band Ariel M and the record is Ariel M. Very nice. I've got a weird one. Um, no. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of, of sort of just oddball records that kind of surprise you. And this is from an artist from Japan. The artist is Cornelius. He put out an oh. album in 1997 called Phantasma. And I remember that one. It's a crazy record. I was going to play something, Cornelius. but I wanted to torture you guys with some drum and bass. But it's such a <laughs> it's such a fun album. Kego Oyamada is his name, uh, also known as Cornelius. He was part of the Shibuya K uh, genre, which is sort of a cut and oh, paste. Right. Anyway, <laughs> they do kind of cut and paste mix of like Burt Bacharach and Brian Wilson and Phil Spector and Serge Gainsbourg, like all these amazing artists in this sort of weird hybridized sound. Pizzicato 5 are probably a band that are very well known from that genre. Um, but his album, uh, Phantasma by Cornelius, I think is a really special and very enjoyable listening from beginning to end and a very weird and unique record. So there's my uh, suggested for further listening. Billy Federico, what would you like to suggest? All right. I will suggest the maligned masterpiece, U2's Pop. I'm going to say it. Uh, I think it is Ooh, the best Mr. Album. Contrarian has walked yeah. into the room and dropped uh, the mic. Yeah, I did. I think it's the greatest album of 1997. I yeah, those it. those guys need more help and attention. They do. This album is so hated, even by the band. Um, but I think it's a beautiful, cynical, experimental record that deserves further listening. Uh, check out the song Please, which may be the best U2 song ever written. Uh, the song Mofo, which is uh, their experimentation with uh, drum and bass. And uh, Wake Up Dead Man concludes the album, and it's just uh, a real, real dark turn for them. Uh, so I highly recommend Pop by U2. The okay. name is misleading. Rich, what would you like to recommend for 1997? Uh, check out the Super Suckers Must Have Been High album. That's they a good are, album. It's very different from you know their roots, punk, kind of just over-the-top 
rock. And then they do this, I think it's labeled uh, cowpunk, <laughs> cowpunk band. And it's all country songs. Kelly Deal does a duet with them on it. Um, and it's it's pretty interesting. That's from They're from Phoenix. They're not from Seattle. Excellent. Sure, sure there. <laughs> Chris, you're up. I'm going to go with something that's a little might be a little bit ex- unexpected for me. Um Ben Folds 5. Hmm. Uh the album, Did not see that coming. Yeah, I know. Um whatever and ever amen. I really like this record a lot when it came out and um he is just one of those Elton John sign up kind of pianist you know like he stands up and just beats the shit out of the keys and like he's also a really great storyteller very wry and like sarcastic but also sort of like poignant yeah i think it's a really good record it's 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 uh it's like it's like reading a book of short stories i i like it a lot i I listened to this record a lot and saw them uh on the tour of this record and they were really great live nice pick all right well let's talk about social media billy how can you find us Check us out on Twitter, so long For as it now. exists. Otherwise, yeah. we'll be going to Mastodon yeah. or social <laughs> construct over there. Or yeah, right. God knows what. Um, I really think Twitter will still be here. But anyways, yes, you can check <laughs> us out on Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram. You can check us out on the Gram. We are also on Patreon, where we do our bonus show, where we do one more round of this. Uh, so check us out. Leave a review. Let us know if there's a special theme show you'd like to do. We talked about producers tonight. I had an idea too. Also, album openers, I think, might be a fun one. To oh, do, it's but, a good one. But we could. Uh, I've we already talk got about that. the good times roll down. <laughs> I call it <laughs> the kiss by the cure. I got it, dibs. Oh, all right. Oh. That's a good show. That see, we're already. It is. Good, see? You know, it's a good show. Exactly. Yeah. One of the fun things of our show is that we do a little bit of a vote for what we think is yes. the uh, the most interesting, most compelling deep cut of the night. None of us are allowed to vote for ourselves. We can only vote for somebody else's pick. Let me rattle off really quickly what we listened to tonight, and you guys can all prepare to pop it into the chat. Starting off, I opened up the show with uh, Depeche Mode getting remixed by uh, Vienna duo Peter Kruder and Richard Dorfmeister. Useless is the song that was from the home single, which was curated by uh, Tim Simonon. Uh, Billy Federico came in with James and a rousing song called Tomorrow from their Whiplash album. Rich came in with Bob Dylan working with Daniel Lanois and a beautiful record, Time Out of Mind, sort of known as his comeback record, I guess, in a sense. Love Sick was the name of the song from that record. Chris came in fifth with... Comeback. Fifth comeback, exactly. He's got a lot of them. <laughs> uh, Chris came in with Bjork and Hunter from Homogenic. Uh, Derek came in with Acetone all the time from their debut album, self-titled Acetone. Uh, I came in and, and basically scared everybody off with Amon Tobin's Chomp Samba from his Bricolage album. Billy came in with Ivy and The Best Thing from Apartment Life. Rich came in a second time with the band Brad. In this case, the song is called Secret Girl from their album uh, Interiors. Chris came in with Finley Quay, Sunday Shining from Maverick A Strike is the album. And Derek closed it out with the British band Supergrass and the song Sun Hits the Sky from their album In It For The Money. Are you all ready to pop into the chat your pick? Yes. Fantastic. Get a countdown. Yeah, on a one, on a two, and three. Oh, Uh, Derek won by a hair over Bill, who got two different votes. Okay, so just to recap for those of us who can't look at our chat, um, (laughs) I voted for Ivy just by a hair over Supergrass. That that was Bill. Derek voted for Finley Kwai. 
Bill voted for acetone. Richard voted for acetone. And Thomas voted for another Phyto Selection James, which means that acetone wins. That's what it means, Bill. Sorry. Yeah. Derek nice. takes yeah, the yeah, win. No, I, I'm nice. following you. Congratulations. I mean, I, I voted for acetone. So I'm you both got that, two but, picks, but he got but, it for the yeah, same song. Okay, for the same song. So. Alas. That's out. Hanging chads, ladies and gentlemen. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> On behalf of. I, I mean, I, I can take a moral victory. Yeah, right. <laughs> Derek won. Billy came in very strong on the second very spot. Close second. Very close so second. Close. Uh, Rich Air in the mix. Chris Nashawadi, myself, Thomas Goldbich. That is it for Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, round nine, 30. 30 rounds. My goodness. Where 1997 is the year. Thanks so much for listening to us. We'll be back again next week. I think we're doing another year song and then we're going to do a theme, but uh, just come on back and enjoy Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, over and out. 30 shows. 30. Oh.